What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's right, across the world on the interwebs and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, it is The Michael Duke Show. Hello, good morning to you, and uh, welcome to the program today for Hump Day, middle of the week. Looks like we're going to get this one single solitary day of beautiful weather before it starts raining again. I don't know. It felt a little cool and crisp to me this morning as I let the dogs out. It was, um, uh, that's right. Who let the dogs out? I let the dogs out. Um, it is, uh, it's, you know, enjoy, enjoy the summer while you can, my friends, because fall apparently is right around the corner, uh, like right here, right around the corner. So it is what it is. Uh, anyway, welcome to the program and thanks for coming in. We have got a big show lined up for you today. Yep, lots of stuff, lots of good things, and we are going to uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna dive down into it here and uh, get into some <clears throat> get into some details, some details of what's going on. That's coming up here uh, in just a few minutes. We're going to be joined by uh, our friend Chris Bide, Libertarian candidate for U.S. Congress. Now, he's a write-in um, <clears throat> because, you know, it's a three-way jungle primary led to a ranked choice voting special election. And, of course, he's running for the regular congressional seat as well. So it's all in there. It's all, it's all in there, baby. That's where it's at. Uh, so we're going to dive into that and figure out all the, uh, all the good stuff that's there here this morning. And we're going to, we're going to jump into that and figure it out. Okay. So Chris Bai is going to be joining us. And then we're going to be joined, uh, in hour two by state Senator Mike Shower, who will be coming in for what we like to call, in poetic fashion, the shower hour of power. So, it's uh, all good, and um, we are uh, we're ready to go. We are ready to go. Uh, what else we got going on here? Uh, we got some headlines. We got some things to discuss. And uh, maybe on Friday, we might have some guests already lined up. I got a text message at 345 this morning from Dr. John Lott about some stuff that he's got going on. So we're going to talk with him potentially on Friday as well. And uh, we'll get something uh, lined up for tomorrow. But we are just days away, days away, less than a week, six days, in fact, away from the election and so I hope that you've got, uh, I hope you've got all your candidates picked out and everything that you, you hope you're choosing it all and you're ready to go. Because uh, I know, <clears throat> I know that I am right now. So we're going to, we're going to work on that. All right. So headlines, headlines, who's got your headlines? That would be me. Uh, first and foremost, 
Um, I wanted to remind you that from yesterday, I mentioned this in the first hour yesterday, but I'll mention it again. Uh, Eric Almendinger, uh, one of the four boys from Palmer who murdered 16-year-old David Grunewald back in November of 2016. I can't believe it's been that that far ago, but 2016. Finally convicted. Well, he was convicted back in 2018. Finally sentenced um, to, I mean, first of all, I'm trying to figure out why it took four years for him to be sentenced. But <clears throat> COVID and I don't know, whatever it is, 99 years for the kidnapping and murder of David Grunewald. Three of his other compatriots, uh, Austin Barrett and Dominic Johnson, also found guilty and sentenced already. Renfro is the last one to be sentenced this week, starting today. So hopefully this nightmare for the Grunewalds will be over within a few days, and we'll have, um, we'll have all this done. But looks like since the other, since most of the other ones, except for the one that cut the plea deal, since most of the other ones got 99 years plus as well, I guess that's uh, looking looking pretty good for justice for David at this point. But I just did, I wanted to make sure that that was uh, uh, top of the mind here this morning as we went through. Uh, Americans for Prosperity uh, hosted a two-hour fill the tank event uh, on Jewel Lake uh, yesterday down in Anchorage where hundreds of cars lined up to get gas for a price, um, the same price that it was when Donald Trump left office, $2.38 a gallon. Now, that was to remind the public that policies coming out of Washington have an impact on people's lives, a real impact. And so there were all different kinds of cars there. Um, And it was a resounding success. Now, Americans for Prosperity paid the difference to Mike's... uh, to sorrow uh, between the two prices so that they they didn't necessarily lose money. Um, And they had a bunch of people there lined up waving flags and everything else. Even Senator Lisa Murkowski showed up for a photo opportunity. I mean, (laughs) there's some deep, deep irony in that. But, I mean, it it, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Anyway. Uh, 2,300 gallons of gas was sold in just a little, just a short, hot period of time. So uh, good for them. Good for them. $2.38 a gallon. I remember what that used to look like. I remember what that looked like back in the day for sure. For sure. Uh, it wasn't too long ago. Um, what else is uh, happening? A conservative group has now launched a vote yes on the Constitutional Convention. Uh, convention yes was created um, by a group of folks, uh, Craig Campbell, uh, Jim Minnery of the Alaska F- uh, Family Council, and more. Uh, you can see that the um, you could see that the genesis of this group is going to be centered not around the PFD and judicial retention and some of the other things that we talked about, but it's going to be centered around abortion uh, because Minnery is president of the Alaska Family Council, which is an anti-abortion group. Um, it says that uh, they're going to try and uh, uh, concept. They're going to. Tr- they're, he said the biggest interest of the group, though, is changing the constitution to mandate. The large permanent fund dividends. That's not his words. That's the ADN words. They're basically put the permanent fund formula into the Constitution. That's how he put it. The ADN reports that 
changing the Constitution to mandate large permanent fund dividends. No, mandate that they follow the hashtag follow the damn law. Follow the law. Uh, Jake Libby, uh, who is the publisher of The Watchman, is in there. Fritz Pettyjohn, former Alaska legislator. Uh, Fred Vreeman, who's an environmental scientist and a lodge owner. And uh, it is... Uh, it's it's interesting a uh, interesting who the group is right now. Now they have um, they have no uh, they don't really have any money as compared to defend our constitution, which is listed as having more than three hundred and twenty thousand dollars in donations. But we'll see, we'll we'll see what this comes down to. So this is the group is called Convention Yes, Convention Yes, and we'll get some more information on it and. Uh, we will uh, uh, we'll, we'll probably get a chance to talk to Craig Campbell, who is the chair of the uh, committee. We'll see if we can get him on the program to talk about what they're doing on that. But at least somebody has stepped up and got something going on. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. And finally, um, this is an interesting story. I saw this on Must Read, and nothing has come of it as of yet. Uh, but she was just reporting that Project Veritas, you're probably familiar with Veritas, they're the ones that have done the ACORN recordings and the Planned Parenthood recordings and the Texas campaign worker recordings and the undercover CNN videos and all kinds of crazy stuff where they do this undercover, um, you know, candid recording videos that just, you know, catch people I mean, it's it's insane. You you know who Project Veritas is. Well, they landed in Anchorage this week, and they are doing a story about Senator Lisa Murkowski and her ties to the creation of the ranked choice voting system created by ballot measure number two. Now, anybody who's been following this knows that you've got Scott Kendall, who is the former campaign legal counsel for Murkowski, and for Bill Walker, he worked for Bill Walker as well, was the driving force behind ballot measure number two. And it's well known that they put this all together because they knew she could never win the Republican Party primary with a good and valid candidate. But the reporter on Project Veritas has tried to show Murkowski a computer screen with what he said was an email that linked her to ballot measure number two. It's unclear what the email said, but the incident happened at America's for Prosperity event where the people were paying up with gas, she try, he tried to uh, show her all this stuff while she was there doing her photo op that I just mentioned a minute ago. Um, she apparently was not amused. There's a picture of it right here. Like, she was not amused. Um, we'll see what, uh, what comes out of this. They said they're going to uh, launch this today. And you have to go to uh, expose2022.com. That's the uh, that's the uh, that's the website that they want you to go to now. As of a few minutes ago, I checked it right before we went to air, and it's still just going to a Project Veritas website where you you sign up to be notified when all the Project Veritas stuff comes out. But they were putting out a flyer. Uh, they were putting out a flyer that says. Uh, Alaska election exposed dropping tomorrow, 8 10 22. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if this is much ado about nothing, if this is something that we already knew and suspected, or if there is some real smoking gun here that could get 
her in trouble in some way, shape, or form. I don't know if it could. I, I don't even – I'm trying to think of the legalities that would prevent her from supporting a ballot measure, um, and I can't think of one right off the top of my head. But maybe we'll, we'll have to uh, – We'll have to see. But Veritas apparently is uh, in town making waves, trying to see what they can do. Uh, and we will uh, we'll, we'll see what kind of trouble we'll see what kind of trouble that stirs up and what that what that brings. That's what we'll do right now. And we'll keep an eye on the Veritas website this morning to see if uh, to see if there's something that if something actually pops up. We'll, we'll keep our eye out on that and see where it goes from there. All right, well, that brings us up to the break, which means that uh, Libertarian candidate for Congress, uh, Chris Bai, is going to be jumping in with us here in just a hot second. And so we'll take that break and we'll be back. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Chris By up next, right here. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Well, hello. How are you doing this morning? Good morning and welcome to the program. It is Wednesday. Getting ready to jump into it here. We got uh, our guest is going to be joining us in just a hot second. He's in the green room right now, hanging out, drinking, well, drinking his own coffee, not my virtual coffee or my virtual donuts, but he was thinking about it. I'm sure he's thinking about that delicious dark roast and the donuts. I'm sure that's what's happening right now. Let me go back here through some of the comments. Um and see uh, see what's going on. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, you drive a Cooper. Your gas price went from $8 to $12. I hardly see. You know, you'd think that, except for that my car, it costs $65 to fill my car up. It's a Cooper. It's a mini Cooper. But it still costs $65 to fill that thing up. So, yeah, it went from 48 to 65 I feel it. I feel it. There's no two ways about it. Uh, $0.99 cents a gallon in gasoline in Fairbanks in 1988. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know. I know. I know. Flooding in Houston this morning. King Arthur is blocked on the park side, about a quarter of my backyard's underwater. I see that, Jerrica. It is uh, kind of a hot mess out there, flooding all over the Matsu uh, with all that big dumping in the in the mountains. It's definitely... Uh, Definitely a tough time. Um, Laura says $138 here. Yeah, you drive a truck, right? I can tell you right now. Tell me tell me that you drive a truck without telling me you drive a truck. Cost me $138 a gallon. To, $138 to fill up. That pretty much sums it up um, when you got something like that. Uh, all right. <clears throat> well, I think that uh, brings us to... Uh, 
I think that brings us to where we need to be. So uh, let's see if we can do it here this morning, and we will bring in uh, our guest, um, and uh, we'll we'll get to talking about it. That means that Chris uh, Bye joins us this morning, and uh, we get a chance to uh, talk with him. Hello, Mr. Bye. How are you, my friend? What's going on? Good morning, Michael. I'm doing fantastic. Good, good, it's, good. Uh, it's a little cool up here. I think it might be 30, 38 degrees, and I saw my first yellow leaf the other day. Well, no I, bueno. I saw pictures of uh, I saw pictures of all the snow up there. Like what the actual yeah. hell is happening up there on your guys' uh, on your right. guys's name? Uh, yeah, no, no bueno. Uh, I I was at uh, Fielding Lake guiding earlier, and we had a dusting of snow, and they were from South Carolina, and they all freaked out. It was it was fairly entertaining. Yeah, no, it's always good to see them like have that uh, like oh man. All right, so uh, are you uh, you're ready to join uh, to jump in and do this here this morning? I'm assuming so. We're uh, we're going to be good to go. We're about uh, ninety seconds out right now, uh, and. Uh, uh, I'm just, I'm checking, checking everything out. I've got, I got all the new bells and whistles, Chris. I've got all the new software. I'm still trying to run everything properly. And, uh, it's, a. it's not as smooth and easy as it normally is. Cause I'm still getting used to the new system. So we're, uh, we're going to get through here and, and, uh, make it good. So how's, how's the campaign been going off overall? I got about a minute here. Oh, buddy, it's been going great. I am a little surprised actually. Uh, I thought we would take a nosedive after getting 14 out of 48, but I was just at the fair and the responses have been phenomenal. Uh, so, you know, we can talk a little bit about that in a, yeah. in a couple minutes, but it's been really good, actually. Good, good, good. Well, we're looking forward to it. And so we will uh, continue on. Uh, Chris By, again, our guest here uh, on the program. We're going to jump back into it here. Don't forget that you can like and share the show. You can like and share the video as well we're gonna do uh, we're gonna dump into this here make sure that you uh, also follow and uh uh subscribe and ring the bell on youtube those are all important things so subscribe and ring the bell on youtube and uh make sure that you'll get notifications when we go live every morning on the thing oh hey look the ding is here to tell us that it's time to jump back into it here we go. Uh, the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Here we go. Well, let's get back into it now. Uh, our guest this morning is Chris By, who is a libertarian candidate for uh, U.S. Congress. Uh, now, he ran on the jungle primary so, and uh, just was telling us he got 14 out of 48. Um, and he thought things were going to slow down a little bit. Of course, he's running for the regular seat, not just for the special election. So he's... Uh, uh, got to get that continue to get the name recognition out there. But he also registered as a write-in candidate. That's the big thing about ballot measure number two. 
You can't just you can't just be a write in. You can't just write in Michael Dukes in the slot. Do not do that, okay? Because I'm not a registered write. Apparently, you got to be. You got to get permission. You got to get permission to become a write in candidate. But Chris jumped through all those hoops, and he joins us this morning to talk a little bit about what's been going on. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. How are you? You know, it's a beautiful day. It's going to be a little sunshiny, and I think it's we're going to get that one hot day before it dumps on us again. So, uh, well, maybe not hot, but at least sunshiny and warm. Um, so, Chris, uh, some people would ask the question, um, I mean, why bother? 14th out of 48, um, but, you know, you're still in there. You're still swinging. You again. You you filled out the paperwork to become a write-in candidate. I don't know how many write-in candidates there are officially, but uh, I know that you have made the you've made the effort to inform people that you have you know registered and done all the stuff. So, tell me how things have been going since uh, since you got done. Sure. Uh, at the end of the primary, um, I had I don't know. 100, maybe 150 phone calls. Some of the people who are listening to your show right now, as a matter of fact, uh, called me and urged to continue to run. Um, and then they asked the following question, are you, you know, in the November election as well? And obviously we are, right? We started uh, we started for that because we assumed right, Don right. Young wasn't going to die. So we continued moving, marching forward. Uh, you know, I only know about 150 people in Alaska to begin with. So to have over a thousand people vote for me was actually kind of pick and sweet. Uh, And what we found was that a lot of people, well, honestly, I had failed to really push my name out there because we don't ask for money. We just ask for folks to tell other people about us, right? That's kind of how we do business. I found that the more money spent in media uh, probably does translate to more votes. So if you do this again, Michael, you might want to invest a little money into some media Sur- outlet. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so we started doing that a little bit. We've got a couple of ads floating around out there. Um, I picked up a little uh, 21-year-old young lady who's doing YouTube videos now for us, uh, and she's doing a fantastic job. Um, she's. We've done two already. We'll do two more here before too long. Um, and we're getting a little bit of kickback from Facebook. I noticed today that I'm no longer allowed to go to my account, which is kind of unique. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, we'll figure it out. I, I think I think what was really interesting from the fair and my time afterwards and just asking folks after the primary is that 72% of Alaskans didn't even vote. And man, Michael, I mean, the, the ballot went to their homes and yet still 72% didn't even vote. So, so we've got to, as Alaskans, like we've got to figure this out. We've got to encourage more people to vote. We just have to. I mean, if we use the ballot numbers, it would be something like, um, I don't know, of the people voted, just the people who voted, it would be something like 12% would be determining the direction, the political direction of Alaska. And that's, I I don't know, man, Uh, to me, that's troubling, right? I mean, that's, that's how you got people like, Hitler. And that's how you got people like, I mean, all the crazies, Pol Pot. I mean, that's, that's how that happens. And, right. You know, so we've been going around encouraging people, uh, please vote. Uh, you know, at this moment, I don't care who you vote for, just vote, right? Get your, get, get a seat at the table and vote. Um, I didn't expect that to be as uh, difficult of a task, 
But you'd be, you'd be surprised, Michael. I mean, a lot of people are advocating that someone else can make the decisions for me. Right. And they're always going to be great decisions. It's it's scary. Well, you 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 got to remember that government is what happens to you when you're not paying attention, right? I mean, that's kind of the whole point. I mean, when you this is unfortunately for many of us, especially libertarians and conservatives who are basically I just want to be left alone and I just want to, you know, I don't want to bug anybody. I don't want anybody bug, bugging me. The problem is there's lots of people out there who want to bug you. There's lots of people out there that want government to interfere and intervene in your lives at every level. Yeah. And so you could be sitting around going, I just, I just want to be left alone. It doesn't matter. It's, They're not coming out to leave you alone. They're coming out to tell you how to run your life, right? Yeah. Just look at that latest, uh, you know, doubling down on dumb bill or act that just came out, right? The Inflation Act. I mean- this is not unlike the USA Freedom Act, otherwise known as the Patriot Act, right? I mean, they espouse great titles, but then when you start peeling that onion back, you realize that it really is a nasty ogre, right? I mean, there are layers to this thing, and they ain't good layers. 87,000 new IRS agents. Right. I mean, come on. Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, that's just insane. So, yeah, you're right. And we try to, you know, we try to explain things to folks that even if you're not at the table, Right by not voting, you're not at the table. People are at that to ta- at that table making decisions with or without you. Uh, you know those agents are a good example. PM two point five, another good example. The fisheries management, another good example. I mean, it, the hits just keep coming. And if we don't participate, uh, we're we're probably part of the problem um, because we are advocating for somebody else to make decisions for us. And uh, I simply think. Like most Alaskans, we can make better decisions than some bureaucrat in D.C. or bureaucrat in Juneau, for that matter. Yeah. No. So we'll keep pushing. What's the uh, what's the reaction been um, from your constituents now since you lost the primary, but you are continuing on as a write-in? What's the overall, uh, you know, what's the overall uh, a take from the constituency? Like, uh, you're wasting your time? or I mean, so first, again, clear disclosure, I've been telling people I'm going to rank the red and the yellow. I'm voting for Chris and for, I'm going to choose one. I got one candidate that I'm choosing. Chris is my number two. There probably be a third red is number three, but I'm not voting for any of the progressive candidates. I'm riding in Chris, uh, Chris By and Sean Thorne and all these other, you know, libertarian type folks. But what's the reaction been from the constituency since that time, uh, Chris? Go, go, go. Like literally that has, it has been absolutely motivating. Um, I was already pretty motivated, like I said, because I only know about 150 Alaskans. Um, and to have people say, continue the fight. It's worth it. Um, please don't stop. Or more importantly, hey, I voted for you. Like you're the dude, you know. I went and got some fries from... Uh, Ricky's or Rockies uh, out at the fair. And the the lady saw my t-shirt and she was like, yeah, that one. And the lady was like, holy smokes, you're that guy. And I was like, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wait, that's never and a good thing. Like, you're that guy. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. You got to like, you know, kind of work that one out a little bit. And she was like, I straight up voted for you. And I'm like, absolutely you did. And you should tell all your friends. And Everybody in the back of the tent there at the fair was like, we did. <laughs> nice. So, nice. yeah, it's pretty cool. Obviously, you know, when you only get a, a, a meager amount to have those 
hardcore fans actually step up and, and let you know that is extremely motivating. So if there's another regular Alaskan out there uh, in your audience and you're like, holy buckets, I will not sit on the sideline one more time, I, I would encourage you to run. I, I, I just would. I, I will tell you in doing this, Michael, and your get and your uh, audience, I have met so many impressively bright Alaskans who, I, I, I'll be honest, some of them are way brighter than this guy, uh, and they just need a little bit of push uh, and a little bit of motivation to get out there and do some great things. And as much as I despise politicians and politics, um, you know, I'm one of those guys, right? We just we just can't sit on the sidelines anymore and think everything is going to be okay and right. you know, hold our nose and vote for the lesser of two evils. And right. so when I run into some of those people who didn't vote, you know, that's that's my deal. Like, find some courage. Right. You know, find just a little bit of bravery. Right. And vote. I don't care who I don't care who you vote for, as long as you go out and actually vote for somebody. Uh you right. know, nothing worse than people who are complaining later, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, who'd you vote for? Well, I didn't even bother to vote. For okay shut your pie hole because you don't have any, yeah. you know, I know you do have to hold your nose. I mean, I've had libertarian friends who have basically opted out of the, Well, voting is force in this. And I'm like, it's defensive at this point. I'm not voting to, to I'm voting yeah. to defend myself. It's not, uh, yeah. it's force. They're using force and coercion against me. I'm, I'm trying to vote, you know? And so it's, it's right. definitely refreshing to see some of the, um, uh, you know, to see some of the uh, libertarian candidates finally get a little bit of time in the spotlight, and um, and and I I I love it. I mean, I think it's great to see, and I'm happy to uh, I'm happy to uh, see more and more people. You know, seem to get the cause to realize that they don't have to vote for the broken dichotomy. No, no, you know, that's I've had uh, people in their eighties, all the way down to a uh, 18 year old who uh, turned 18 in March. And she was so excited to vote. Right. And she went through uh, with her college mates, went through a list of all the people that were running all 48 of them. She even brought in the sheet, right? I mean, this is how excited she was. She brought in this spreadsheet. You could tell she, her dad must've been a Excel wizard or something, but uh, she brought in this spreadsheet with all 40 plus candidates and then she had this, you know, uh, rank basically of what was important to her. And then she went through and put X's all the way down. And she didn't just come by herself. She came with like 18 other like little 18 to 20 year olds. And they were just crowding the booth out. Right. And I was like totally motivated by it. It was it was actually pretty pick and sweet. So, you know, when we see some of the folks talking about the next generations that are coming after us, I will tell you, Michael, there is a lot of hope there. Uh, don't let. Don't let the masses tell you that their work ethic is bad or that they're not researching candidates because this young lady, as an example with her peers and her friends, definitely understood where people, where people stand in the political arena. Right. I mean, definitely understood. Right. And when I mentioned term limits, I mean, she was like blown away that someone would advocate for themselves to have a term limit and understand that, you know, the longer you're in DC, I mean, we're all sinners. The longer we're in DC, the more infected we become. Right. And uh, she, like, that was like music to her ears. And then, you know, she became my, she got a t shirt. She's on the corner now. 
She's doing, this, do, doing the thing. Yeah. Waving the signs, yeah. doing all the stuff. It's crazy. Well, I mean, yeah. we, we had a call. We had a call yesterday from a caller who said she'd attended a, uh, uh, it was a fundraiser and kind of a meet and greet for, I think it was Mike shower and Kevin McCabe. And she said, one of the things she looked around and she saw that all the people around her were like 60 plus 55, 60 plus. <laughs> and she's like, we've got to engage the younger people. And I'm like, I agree. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we do all the video stuff now on Facebook and YouTube, because we're trying to reach out to some of those younger crowds. But there is a component of younger people who are engaged. And to my uh, to my uh, uh, feelings and my respect, I see that the that the that the, a lot of the younger crowd are more attracted to kind of the libertarian viewpoint of do what you want as long as you're not hurting anybody and be and leave people alone. And I'm seeing that as a huge plus for the cause overall. Yeah, I, you know, as just a small microcosm, right? I mean, I'm, I'm just a, a little fish in a, in a big state. Uh, I, I would tend to agree with that. What we're sort of finding as we go out and talk with people is uh, Alaska is extremely diverse. I mean, I talked with a gentleman yesterday uh, for about an hour on the phone because you know, why not? Uh, if these are going to be my uh, constituency, I should at least have the gumption to talk to them face to face or phone to phone. And so this young man just wanted to know, like, what what's in it for him? And I told him, but good governance is far superior to activism because you never know what you're going to get with activism, right? I mean, and the activism comes from both sides. It doesn't matter if it's adding 87,000 IRS agents or if it's giving money to, you know, Big Pharma or whatever corporate protections, you know, the other ilk wants to give. And he got real quiet for a minute. And he's like, no, really, like, what's in it for me? And I was like, buddy, freedom and liberty. That's what's in it for you. And he stopped for a minute and I was like, well, I lost that voter. And he was like, right on. <laughs> and that's all he wanted to hear. Like, in an hour conversation, you know, that was, me listening to him. That was the summation of it. Right on. I yeah. guess it was right on. Right, yeah. You know? No, I mean, that's. And, a, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, and I, you know, I caveat that with, with term limits and, you know, I always kind of end it with a upbeat message of charity. It sounds kind of weird to link all those together. Right. But I, I think oftentimes we have paid our taxes. And so we believe that, oh, I'm, I'm done with charity. But I think charity belongs to us, the people, and we have done a disservice to each other by handing it over to the government because they're just going to use it as a weapon system. And you, indeed, you can see that today. Right. And so when he heard that, he was like, I am telling all my friends about you. And I was like, please do. Right. Yeah, that's that's the point. That's what we need to do. Chris By is our guest libertarian uh, candidate for Congress. Uh, right in on the special general election, but a candidate also in the regular election in the jungle primary. So we want to get his name out there, Chris By. We're going to continue with him here in just a moment. And when we return, we will have questions. He just mentioned one of the big things that I just saw, of course, was uh, all the 87,000 IRS agents, the 5 million rounds of ammunition, and all the stuff that they... Uh, are looking to do to bolster the army of the IRS. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about budgets and defense and Ukraine and who knows. We'll we'll hit on all kinds of things here in the next segment. Chris By is our guest. We're going to continue. 
The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right. We're continuing now in the break. Chris Bai is our guest. It's got to be exciting, Chris, to see... Um, the younger generation, you know, the, 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 again, the millennials or the, the I gen or whatever the, whatever the new one is beyond the millennials. Cause I mean, think about it. Millennials now, I think the youngest ones are in their thirties. So now, now we've got the next generation coming up, whatever the, whatever we're calling them. Um, but it's definitely exciting to see that more and more people are identifying with libertarian ideals, which is essentially don't hurt people, don't take their stuff, do what you want to do as long as you're not hurting anybody else, however you want to put it. Zoomers. Chris on Twitch just said, we're calling them Zoomers. Uh, so if they're Zoomers, they're not Boomers. What do we got? Gen X, we got Boomers, we got Millennials, we got Gen Y, Gen Z, whatever. Um, whatever they are, it's exciting to see them kind of embrace some of these different ideals. Uh, it truly is, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's Miss Holly from Homer or Tim from Toke or Frank, even here in Fairbanks, right? We're, we're opening up a different doorway and demonstrating that we don't have to stick with the status quo, right? I mean, dang, the status quo sucks. Uh, and we simply have to do better. And that means getting off the sideline and, and, and making a stand for freedom. Um, seems, seems corny for me to be saying that, honestly, I, I never, ever thought I'd be in this predicament where I'd be talking about politics. Cause that's just not my shtick, right? My, my thing is fishing. And before that it was killing people on a battlefield. Um, and so it's kind of a weird, like, you know, nested, uh, event for me to be sitting here talking about politics. Cause it's just, right. um, well, I think it's, it's out of my comfort zone, right? Look, freedom is freedom is universal, my friend. I mean, freedom is you know, people. Yeah. I think the I think for the most part, people just want to be left alone. They want to live their lives. They want to focus on fishing or NASCAR or pottery or whatever it is the thing is that they're into. They just yeah. want to do that. They want to live their lives, love their families. And and not be interrupted with you know not be interrupted or or interrogated or whatever by the government and yet it just seems like that's government's very nature is to do all those things because it has to justify its existence and what it's doing. Yeah, I completely concur with you. You know, I I often have a lot of people come in and they're like, well, I'm conservative or I'm liberal or you know whatever label they they attach to themselves, and I. I started keeping a dictionary of what those terms mean uh, on my computer so that when we are having a discussion, because I, I like to listen quite a bit, I turn the screen around. I'm like, okay, so these are the principles of, we'll just take conservatism for right now. Right. And I use the, I use the Atlantic as a uh, sounding board because they have a pretty good list of what it means to be a conservative. Right. And one of them is non-interventionism in foreign policy. I mean, I, I just go back to Don Young, 
That is not how that guy operated. No, right? that's not how or most Dan of them. Or, yeah, that's not how right? most of them operate. They're intervening all over the place. I mean, that's, that's right. It's just insane. Or the belief that taxes should be lower and government should be smaller. I, the last guy who did any of that was a dude named Calvin Coolidge. I mean, really, that's how far you got to go back, right? You know, and that's you know that's what the nineteen twenty ish. So I, I, you know, and I use that as an example. I'm like, yeah, you really believe that, but your party does not. And we need to do better. So here I am, right? A normal dude. Well, I think that that's, I think we call that party creep, you know, where they, they used to believe, they used to believe in one thing and what's happened is slowly, but surely we've seen the same thing happen to the democratic party used to be, you know, blue dog Democrats, Zell Miller and some of these other guys. Yeah. Who were basically, they were blue dog Democrats. They believed in, uh, you know, they had some social things that they wanted, but they wanted government to still remain small. They were not, they were not hawks. They weren't doves. They were somewhere in the middle. They're just like, you know, but that's become a bad thing. And the parties have migrated more towards the, you know, one towards the, 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 the fringe and one more towards the middle. And people are going, what do we do? You know, what happened? Our party, you know, a party done left us. What do we do now? Well. That's when you start yeah. looking at alternatives instead of the two-party yeah. dichotomy. You start looking at uh, uh, things like, you know, the libertarian ideals. Right. You know, on, on uh, Facebook, uh, before I apparently got blocked, we had a, um, you know, a, a typical bell curve uh, as one of the commercial ads. Um, and it showed how the, in, you know, the interior portion of that bell curve are people who aren't voting. Right. And on the exterior were the people who are voting and slowly but surely that bell curve flattens out. And then we inverted it and we used it, that bell curve as a funnel. And you can see when we put in money funneling into special interests and it didn't really matter what the special interest was. It could be anything. Right. No. Um, and then that special interest is now funding the polarization and pulling that bell curve further and further apart. So less people want to vote for those idiots. And it's, 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 it's pretty, tr- you know, it's troublesome. And if a, got if a fishing guide can figure that out. Yeah. We just got the ding, which means we're jumping back into it. Hold the line. Chris by is our guest, sure. the Michael Duke show, common sense radio. Here we go. All right, we're continuing now with Libertarian candidate for Congress, Chris Bayh. He's a write-in candidate in the special general, which, of course, is happening next Tuesday, along with the regular uh, primary. He's also a uh, he's also a candidate in the regular election for the seat, the jungle primary election. And uh, you can uh, you can, you know, make sure you, you write him in on the first and, and vote for him on the second if you want to get that done. That's uh, exactly what I'm going to be doing here uh, on uh, on the 16th, my birthday, which is going to be a hot mess. I can't even believe it's going to be amazing. <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, right before we went to break, and you mentioned a few things, and so I want to get into some of the details. We are see some things, seeing some things coming out. Uh, you mentioned 87,000 new IRS agents. It's not just that though; they also 
uh, put out a request and, and a bid uh, for 5 million rounds of ammunition, another million dollars worth for new weaponry. It's like they're arming a. It's like, is the IRS creating a small army or what? what's going on here? What's your take on what's happening with that right now, the details that are coming out? Okay, so let's let's Michael in audience. Let's kind of move the Overton window back about six years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, about six years ago, uh, there was another act that was pushed through, and the name escapes me, but it basically armed something like twenty five thousand Social Security workers with military grade weapon systems. I mean, everything from a two forty machine gun. Uh, to nine mils, to ARs. And in the back of my mind, I was still serving at the time. I'm like, why in the world are we arming people who are supposed to be doing the safety net, right? The entitlement. Right, right. right. Why are we arming them? And they got something like uh, 10 million rounds or some ridiculous amount. And now, and then after that, then there was a push for the Border Patrol to get all kinds of stuff. And then there was one for municipalities to get machine guns. And I just see that this IRS thing is yet just another one of those. And I, I can't help but to think potentially, potentially, this is like uh, when you and I were in the service and we were paying $150 for a hammer that cost $10 because they were siphoning off that money to do other things. And it, it, it has to be that way, right? I mean, nobody wants to arm 87,000 uh, you know, IRS agents. So surely there must be something else behind this. Right. And uh, it'd be interesting to know what that was and probably terrifying for most of us. Well, I remember Um, I remember when they wanted to arm that they had uh, FDA, uh, the uh, USDA, (laughs) the U.S. U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Food and Drug Administration had a SWAT team uh, where they 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 armed them. They geared them up. They looked like, you know, black booted uh, ATF guys kicking doors in and they were going after raw milk and other. And I'm just like. What? I mean, what? What are you? I mean, what? This is what we've come to. You know, uh, there's a there's an article floating around out there by a uh, uh, that a sheriff proudly posted from his county somewhere in the south, and they have four marijuana plants. Uh, I'm, I'm not a pot smoker. I don't drink alcohol. I, I mean, I, I use all my money in fishing, but uh, they were bragging about how they used a tank to infiltrate a home that busted through the basement in order to secure these four pot plants. And you're just, you just got to wonder, really, was that the most important thing was to harass some gardener? I mean, I, I don't know. I just think that we could spend our money elsewhere. And my thought on that, and the reason why I bring that up is, would they have gone after those four little pot plants, which were basically that big? Right, that, right. That's a team. Right. With it, would they have gone after that had they not had a tank? Mm, right. Probably not. Or would they have probably just, not, or right? would they have just, you know, knocked on the door and said, uh, excuse exactly. me, we've got a search warrant. We'd like to talk to you instead of driving exactly. a, instead of driving an MRAP into somebody's house or something, you know, right. I mean, it's just, again, if you've got the, if you've got the cool toys and the tools, you're going to want to use them. I mean, you look at the yeah. incidents of no-knock raids uh, in this country and how since no-knock warrants have come about and the, and the number, it's I mean, the exponential increase in the use of all this gee whiz, go fast tactical gear that the government's been gifting to all these departments. And you're like, 
Well, of course, if they get all the cool toys, they want to go try them out. And of course, unfortunately, they want to try them out on us. And and that's the that's problem. True. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not that we're anti-police, right? I mean, that's not the case at all. But we have to be anti-stupid. And you're absolutely correct. If you give them the sword, and that's the only thing you give them, then that's the only tool they really have in their kit bag. And they're, they are going to fall back and use it. Yeah. So I, I really, you know, I, I'm concerned about that. Um, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's shift gears a little bit. I mean, we, again, just talking about the IRS and everything that they're doing there, but let's talk a little bit about the budget overall. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, you know, the definition of conservatives, uh, conservatism is, you know, sm- <laughs> smaller taxes in smaller government. And unfortunately that's not the, that's not the case. I mean, it just seems like, you know, I remember somebody saying, well, George W. Bush, I mean, are you kidding me? He added billions of dollars to the U.S. government. Not even, even before 9-11, he was adding tons of dollars to it. And after 9-11, it was like a blank check to grow government to whatever size we needed it. Um, what's your thought on the, uh, uh, you know, what's your thought on the, on the overall budget size and scope of it? And what we need to be doing. I mean, continuing resolutions, there's so much we can unpack here with that. But the fact that we right. haven't even really had a budget in over a dozen years. What, what's your thought? Well, I, you know, I go back to that Atlantic article, right, that we mentioned earlier. You know, one of the things here is uh, number 17. Uh, let me read it verbatim. The belief that the national debt and deficit puts America in pearl, uh, in pearl, rather, Um Yeah. And then you look at, you know, the dean of Congress, right, before he passed away, passing trillions of dollars in debt, you know, and that includes Lisa and Dan because they voted for the same, you know, the the, the same expenditure rate. And you've got to wonder, like, who's really looking out for us? Uh, The debt, it's up to what, three, 30 trillion, uh, 30 and three quarters trillion dollars right now basically the equivalent of $98,000 a person, uh, including the four that were born here in Fairbanks just yesterday. I mean, that's the moment we've got to stop it, right? And I I, I talk a lot about this and listen to a lot of folks in Alaska, and they always say the same thing. Like, how does, how do we do this? Like, how do we stop this? And my first go-to answer is demand better representation in Congress. Like you have to do that. Right. And, you know, you have to be able to willing to give some things up. Uh, Like, for instance, I don't know, a traffic circle that's right here on the Steese and Chena Hot Springs Road that has caused more accidents than before we had it. And the 20 years prior before we had it, we've had more accidents in the last year and a half since it's been established. All bought and paid for by federal money. Like that is a good example of waste, fraud, and abuse. And yeah, I know it's only like $6 million, but they keep, it's a golden parachute. I mean, they're spending another $3 million resurfacing it for the third time. You know, I mean, that is an example of a leaky faucet and it has to be fixed. Right. And you know, it's like the rivers here in Alaska. They all start as a raindrop or a snowflake brother. And we've, we just have to figure this out. Uh, we're down to the last minute here, Chris. I want to give you a chance to hit us with your elevator pitch. I mean, anything that you want sure. to uh, tell you've run into somebody and you want to tell them about why you're running for Congress, give me a 60-second pitch. we got to go. You got it. Hey, look, Alaskans, just get me in the primary. That, that's what I ask for. Just get me through the primary. 
get me into the top four so that the other parties get the message. They get the hint because right now, buddy, they're not listening to you. So if you think Mitch McConnell or Kevin or Nancy and the other guy, what's his name? Chucky, have your best interest in mind. They definitely do not. You are naive and your party is going to go there and dance with those four individuals, literally dance with them. And they are going to forget all about us back here. So if we want to have any substantial change, we've got to get a normal person in the top four. We have to send a message to the parties. Last thing I would say is my last name is spelled B-U-Y-E, just in case. Uh, And you can go with B-U-Y and you can go with B-Y. Both of them count. I asked already. So uh, when you're putting me in and the right in, that's how it's spelled. All right. Uh, you know, Michael, thanks yeah. for having me on, brother. I appreciate it. Chris By, candidate for Congress. He's got my vote in the primary, and uh, you're getting written in for the ranked choice. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> thanks, partner. Have a good one, y'all. All right. Uh, in the break, real quick. Uh, any last thoughts, Chris? Uh, whoops. Uh, any last thoughts before I let you go here? No, nah, man. You know, I, I really appreciate it, Michael. I will be upfront with you. I get a lot of people come by the booth and like, I heard you on Michael Duke. So if you're curious, your message is reaching all the way out to Toke. Uh, a guy named Tim from Toke of, of all people came up to me at the Fairbanks Fair and was like, I totally heard you on Fairbanks. How come, how come more people aren't hearing about you? And I just want to give you a shout out. I appreciate it, brother. It's uh, This is indeed important stuff we're doing, and it's uncomfortable for me, but uh, I do appreciate it and for your audience for listening. Well, we appreciate you going to the effort. This is not an easy thing, but I think you are seeing some of the fruits of the, you know, of your labor in people showing up, loving it, you know, b- being happy about it, uh, uh, getting excited, the younger generation. I mean, I'm excited for you that the younger generation is figuring out who Chris Bai is and what libertarianism <laughs> is and everything else. That encourages me because, I mean, I've been a libertarian since I was 16 years old. And uh, I just, I love to see other people getting the message. Uh, again, smaller, more yeah. limited government. Uh, you know, not you know, being left alone, uh, you know, breaking up the bureaucracy, doing those kind of things. I think those are all important. And uh, I think you you're know, doing good work out there. I, I, would, I would like to end it kind of with this. I, I have a lot of people who come up and they're, they're just, man, Michael, they just need a little bit of courage and, and encouragement and they need a little bit of, you know, bravery, right? And I have had several people say, well, Chris, it's easy for you. You've been blown up and shot at and all kinds of craziness in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And so simply stepping out in faith to, to vote for a different party is easy for you. And I, and I would say I, it, that that's, has nothing to do with it, right? I have to look at my kids and those that I mentor and say, I'm leaving this place a little better than I found it. Right. And I think if we continue down to the duopoly, that that's not the case. And it doesn't take getting shot at to be brave. Goodness knows there's firemen here that are, you know, way braver than me. I mean, they go into burning buildings with no idea of what's going on. And yet they still go in every time. You know, right. I, I think of Patrick here at North Pole, who obviously voted for me, or Travis here in Fairbanks. Uh, you know, these are good men and women who do this hard work every day. And voting is a difficult job for some people. And I, I know it's hard for them to step outside their you know, their political pathway. So I, I just ask all of my supporters who are listening and, uh, you know, just be encouraging, uh, be gentle, right? We're asking them to do something difficult, um, but it's it's necessary. And if we're going to leave this place a little better, we've got to do it. 
Like it's, yeah. it's almost dire at this moment, right? Yeah. No, I mean, we've got to do it now. I mean, the fact that we've got Congress critters that consider what they're doing financially, that it's going to last forever, is the height right. of arrogance, the height of arrogance at this point. It so. is. You know, and someone else asked me, you know, are you going to continue to fight? And I would tell you that just putting my name in as the primary right in the first guy ever, like how awesome is that? Uh, but then continuing through November, I mean, a lot of people dropped out. Um, you know, I, I think that demonstrates my resolve. I will tell you that um, that when we look at all the candidates lined up, I would simply tell you to ask them two questions. One, are they for term limits? And what has the pri- priority, Alaskans or the party? That's what I would have you ask them. And I, I think you're going to be surprised at the answers you'll get. You know, I really am. Uh, I, I think it is that important at this moment. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, uh, Chris, bye. B-Y-E, write it in. Chris, <laughs> bye. Uh, libertarian for Congress. Like I said, I'm going uh, to be writing him in on the ranked choice, and he's got my vote on the primary uh, for the regular election coming up in November. I want to see him in that top four. I think that would be a fantastic uh, opportunity there. So, Chris, thanks for coming in. Keep the fires burning, my friend. Keep the fires burning. And you're always welcome to come back on the show and talk about it uh, before or after the election, even afterwards. It's nice to see people making moves out there. So I appreciate you. We're trying. Appreciate you coming on board, Nathan. Thanks. uh, You got it. You all have a good day. Thanks for coming on board. Uh, Chris By, our guest here uh, on on the Michael Duke Show. Uh, Let me fix that right there. There we go. Uh, All right, folks, that means that we've got uh, more coming up. Uh, We're going to be joined here in just a minute by uh, we're going to be joined here in just a minute by uh, Mike Shower, who's going to be uh, coming on board. And uh, um, we will uh, come back to him here in just a second. Make sure you like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. If you're on YouTube, do all the YouTubey things. You know what I mean. You're going to uh, you're going to subscribe and ring the bell and and uh, do all that stuff uh, as well. Then on Twitch, you can follow us on Twitch as well if you uh, if you'd like. Um, that's the best way to get it done. Uh, some of the comments here. Um, <clears throat> I see a lot of people are excited. Uh, Mary Ellen says, thanks for bringing hope back. I was so depressed about the election. Uh, you're right. I mean, Chris offers hope. I think Chris offers uh, some good stuff there, and I love I love seeing it. I think Chris uh, did a great job um, uh, outlining all the things that are going on there. Um, uh, Alicia says, I want to thank Chris by for running. I feel good about voting for him. I, I, it's true. Now people will say, well, he's got no chance. He's got no, well, you just never know until you try. And at least he's out there trying to make that difference to offer a difference between the lesser of two evils. I mean, again, I mean, I, I hate to bring this up, but the lesser of two evils are still evil. I mean, right. They're still evil. Uh, that's exactly what it's about. And so now we remember that. All right. We're coming up into it. We got to jump uh, here, make a make the change. Hour two is dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Hour two is up next. Mike Shower gonna be joining us, and we're gonna continue here in just a hot second. Don't go anywhere.
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Around the world, on the interwebs, and across the state of Alaska, on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. It is the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live, brought to you this hour by your friends over there at Satellite West. Yep, that's right. If you are into communications, or if you need communications, uh, be it cellular, satellite, VHF radio, whatever it is, the folks at Satellite West can hook you up like a tow truck. They'll get you squared away, and uh, they are all about it. You can find out more about them at SatelliteWest.com. SatelliteWest.com. And thank you for sponsoring the program this morning uh, as we go through and join us. We're waiting for Mike Shower. Um, I did confirm with him last night. Um, so we're waiting for Mike Shower to join us this morning uh on the uh, uh on the uh on the radio here uh sometimes mornings are hard uh so he's going to be joining us here in just a few moments uh you know there was a lot of commentary in the chat room during the uh during the last segment with Chris Bai who's the libertarian candidate for congress and um they said uh uh they said, uh, you know, there's a lot of people saying, well, it doesn't really matter because he's one guy. He can't do, you know, but if you don't do anything, if you don't try, nothing's ever going to happen. Uh, there was also a lot of comments about how they really liked what Chris was saying. They uh, uh, one, um, uh, you know, somebody said, I feel good about voting for him. And uh, Mary Ellen in the chat room says, uh, "For thanks for bringing hope back. I was so depressed about the election. It sounds like Mary Ellen. Really liked what Chris had to say. Um, but this idea that somehow, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's only one guy or he can't. One man can make a difference. One man can make a difference overall. He can lead the way. He may not be able to accomplish it all on his own, but he can create a sea change that may influence others. Um, I mean, let's face it. A lot of politician, a lot of politicians are opportunists, they're populists, and if they see things shifting in a certain direction, they may run and join the herd. Uh, but the herd has got to have that lead bull, that old rangy longhorn that's you know, out there breaking brush and clearing the way and, and pushing things through. And maybe that's what Chris is. You know, Maybe he's the guy that's leading the pack, so to speak. We were talking yesterday, I was talking uh, yesterday or day before with a friend of mine, um, who you know, but I won't name drop because, you know, uh, we were talking, we were lamenting about what's going on in Congress with uh, some of the folks out there, including uh, including Dan Sullivan uh, and some other ones. 
Um, and uh, he, you know, he was, we were talking about how they change. You know, people go down there and they change. Uh, they start off maybe liberty-minded. They start off, um, uh, you know, they start off uh, and uh, as having all the good ideas and, and saying all the right things. And then slowly after a period of years, one term, maybe two terms, all of a sudden, it's like pod people. You can't tell the difference. Well, I would really vote for one thing or this, the other, but I've got to vote with the, you know, the party's got to, the party's got to be part, or, my, or I'm going to vote for this candidate, but I can't, I I really can't say that because I've got to back my, and it's just like, it's not often that you get a Ron Paul or a Rand Paul or a Thomas Massey or a Mike Lee or some of these candidates who go in there and stir up and they just, you know, they they create problems for the party by pointing out the hypocrisy of smaller, more limited government, yet we continue to grow it. And maybe that's what we need is more Thomas Massey's going into Congress, more Mike Lee's and, and Ron Paul's and things like that. They're the ones that are going to stir things up. That's what we're looking for. Um, all right. Uh, we are joined right now by our friend Mike Shower, who's coming in for the Shower Hour of Power uh, he's joining us on the phone this morning, and we're ready to uh, dive in with him uh, right now. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning. It's going to be the shower 48 minutes of power. It's the shower 40, 48 minutes. Of- stupid program. I cannot get it to transfer to email to come up oh. on my computer. Oh, I'm sorry, it's man. It's not working. Next time, I'll send you an email with the, with the link on it or whatever, and you can you can get it going on. Yeah, it's because it's on my phone, and I can't not. I don't know why. It doesn't want to send from my phone to my laptop because the phone never works as well. Yeah. Well, Anyways, that's, whatever. That's, that's, I'm just struggling with saying, funny, like, call in. I'm like, yeah, call in. It's like five yeah. minutes late. Yeah, no. Mike was trying to get into the new software so we could do the video call, but see, I secretly think it's that he's so messed up by the video call, he just he mentally doesn't want to get there. That's what it is. He's so mentally he doesn't want to look at himself in the morning. So um, No, it's weird. It's just weird. Uh so Mike, here we are, one one week down. What are you uh what are your thoughts here as we get close to the I mean, not that the primary means anything at this point to you or almost anybody else in the legislature because I mean, hell, you guys are all pretty much in like Flynn. But uh, as we get down to it, what are your thoughts on what's coming up for here for Election Day? Yeah, it's funny. To, I was at another community council last night in Big Lake, and boy, it was like there was questions coming up. And Michelle said beside me, you know, being a poll worker and the one gal there, you know, was trying to brief us up. And Michelle's like, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> it's like, I'm just looking like, and the lady's explaining that this is going to work. It's pretty, I mean, it's not nothing to do with her at all. It's not, I mean, she's just don't shoot the messenger. Right. She was asked by somebody to come brief, you know, from the, from the state. And after, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. I mean, she did a good job with what she had. And after maybe 20 minutes or so and, and a couple questions, she goes, okay, clear as mud. And I looked at my show and go, yep, <laughs> that's the problem. You sit here and you have a relatively easy brief. Try to explain it, and then you look at it and you go, "Yeah, that's going to be a problem." And I was telling people after, I'm like, "I go back to it. look. I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to intimidate people, but I'm very honest about. It. I mean, nationally, this this type of system disenfranchises people, and by disenfranchise, I mean it means that, that their ballots get tossed out because they make mistakes, 
It's not the simplest thing in the world, especially when you get to the rank choice part of it. The primary is fine. I mean, it's just one bubble, right? I mean, that's is what it is. The only frustrating thing about that is that it's an open primary where, you know, anybody can put their name out. You know, they can say they're Republican. They could be a hard left Democrat and vice versa. And, you know, and there's no chance for people to have that freedom of association to pick who they want. You know, anybody can just put their name down. So whatever. Love it or hate it, it's not the most complicated thing in the world. Just pick a name, you know, that's fine. But the ranked choice part, boy, you know, you should have seen those questions coming out. Well, what if the first one I pick, you know, falls out and, you know, the second one, you know, but who gets the second one? And one, and she's saying, well, you know, if your first vote falls out, you know, if your first vote stays in until they win, you know, your vote counts, even if you only fill in one bubble. But, you know, I recommend you fill in two or three at least, you know, and. And the one they said, well, you know, my first vote falls out. And the second one, you know, is it my second one that counts? She's like, yes. And the other ladies, well, what if my first one's still in? Does my second vote now count? You know, does that get you? She's like, well, no. And the ladies, but then whose votes are counted total? And it's just, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I trust Scott Kendall, though. Don't trust me. This is a great thing. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Best. Asking for better elections. Best thing. Yeah. It ought to be ace instead of Abe. Instead of Alaskans for better elections, it ought to be called ACE. Yeah. Alaskans for confusing elections. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, you know, this is uh, this is good stuff. Remember, trust me. I'm a, I'm, me. a I'm a lawyer. This will work <laughs> out well for everyone. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, it is a it is going to be a hot mess now. Um, you know, for legislators, this is essentially kind of just a. It's a fancy poll, right? You're going to get a chance it's a to poll. it's you're going to get a yep. chance to kind of feel where people are at. Uh, but gubernatorial races, this is a whole different deal at this point. Yeah, of course. I mean, like we talked about, I said you know tell people that's why I'm telling them in this case rank the red because Democrats are saying rank the blue, and basically all you're doing is you're giving you know you you don't have to rank more than one person. You don't you can put down one choice. And if you have a race, and I know we talked about last week, like mine, where there's only two people, you can put one bubble down because, you know, one person's going to win and that's it. There's no ranked. There's no second round. There's nothing. It's just whoever gets the most votes, it's over because this 50% plus one is also confusing people. If, you know, in a second round or third round, if all that's left are two people and one of them has 40% of the vote and the other one only got 30%, and I'm just saying that in the in the sense of the aggregate, well, they never have to get 50% plus one of the total vote to win because when there's two left standing, they get what they get and whoever right. has the most votes wins. And so it's just, that's another kind of confusing. Well, I have, thought you have to have 50% plus one. Well, you do, but remember in a second round or third round, there's less people voting. You're still looking at the totals and it's always, it could go down to the last two left, right? And then it's just whoever gets the amount of votes. So um, because it, it's the percentages can be less, but it's right. Go back and start right. explaining it. Like, yeah. But what about this? I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. I got it. But you have the, the rank, the red in this case, right? If you're a Republican or an independent, undeclared conservative center or lean, right, or are right. And if you don't put down a second choice, you only put one. And you're in a race with at least four, you know, three and really more like in the gubernatorial, the governor's race, four people. Um, then what's going to happen is if there's two Democrats and two Republicans and the Democrats are telling people, hey, put me as number one, but put the other Democrat as two to make sure we get a Democrat in office. And the Republicans don't like the current governor or they got an issue with somebody, whatever, and they only put down their one favorite best choice. 
and that person falls out because the polling data is already telling us that Dunleavy is going to get the most votes, you know, from the whatever Republicans on the ticket, you know, from the from the top four. And if let's just say it's either Pierce or Kirka, because those are the other two that seem like they're going to get enough votes, one of those two to be on the final. And you got those two Republicans and you got two Democrats. Whether you are happy with the current governor or not, you got issues or in, in my mind, Mike, is irrelevant. Because if you won't put down Dunleavy as your second choice in case your first bestest choice falls out, then what you're essentially doing is saying, I'm okay with Governor Walker or I'm okay with Governor right. Era. Right. Well, we had, yeah, we had that conversation yesterday with Brad Keithley that, you know, who is fourth in this gubernatorial race matters. And there's a lot of vocal support in the Kirka camp to say it's one and done. We're, this is all we're voting for. It's, it's absolutely this or nothing else. And yet, uh, you know, in the Charlie Pierce camp, it's like, you know, vote me number one or vote me number two. You know, at least, you know, but get me in there and let's rank the red. And I think that's an important message, because if you do just vote for one, then you uh, are obviously giving the the, the Democrats, because if we get to the third round and Guerra and Walker, one of them is eliminated, all those other votes are probably going to go to the other. And so they will go to the other yeah. and bump them up. And if the people that support Kirka, for example, based on what you just said, say, I just can't stand Dunleavy and it's and it's Kirk is in the top four and Dunleavy. And those are the only two Republicans. And they're so intransient. They're so upset. They're so whatever that that's all they're going to do. Well, then, quite frankly, my friend, my friend, you're being an idiot. And I'm going to say it like that. And I'm going to be very blunt about it, because when we come back and have Governor Walker or Governor Gary that just freaking destroys the state over the next four years, takes your dividend, enacts a bunch of social wacky programs, whatever, and you're going to be up in arms and go, I hate this. This is terrible. It's your fault. Right. Because you were so angry, you couldn't see beyond the end of your nose, right? You cut off your nose to spite your face, that you can't put Dunleavy down as the second choice to make sure that we end up at least with a Republican and not a left-wing Democrat. And I got news for you, partner. Don't even talk to me for the next four years. Because you weren't thinking strategically, even right. though you may not like somebody. If Kirk is your guy, put him down as number one. Absolutely. Yeah. But because of how RCV works, you have to have a strategic thought in your head, and you have to do something a little bit more than that. Right. It's the same thing with the race for the U.S. Congress. Yet I've told people, I said, look, if you like Vegas, put him down as number one. If you don't like Palin, put her still as number two. If you think Palin's the cat's meow, put her as one. But please put down Vegas as number two. So that we make sure that we bump up when one of them falls out, assuming one does, into a second round, because that's where it will probably be decided. There's only three. Then make sure that at least we're going to send a Republican to the U.S. Congress, not the Democrat. There is a path for that Democrat to win if a bunch of people say, I'm only for my candidate, nobody else. Well, who do you think the Democrats are going to vote for? And they're going to vote for, if they put down a number two, it's going to be the one they think is going to be the biggest problem or... You know, for Republicans, they're going to put down who they think is going to be the uh, maybe the most moderate. You know, what do you think the Democrats are going to do in the Murkowski race? Right. I guarantee you they're not going to put down Shabaka as number two. Yeah. They're going to put down Murkowski. They're yeah. going to put down their Democrat. Yeah. They're going to put down Murkowski because she's been a pretty reliable Democrat vote in a lot of issues. Mike, that's why we have ranked choice voting. Right. Because of Lisa Murkowski. That's why Scott Kendall and Alaskans for confusing elections. Set it up the way they did because they knew she wouldn't get the print. They've written about it. They've said it. Yeah. Ace is there for a reason. Alaskans for confusing elections did it for a reason. Yeah, so, no, anyways. exactly. They did it because they knew she couldn't win a primary. Yeah, uh, so I they've am, admitted it. 
They've I, written about it. They've talked about it. I, I am going to disagree with you. You better write this down. I'm going to disagree oh, with well, you. Oh, this is the first. So Hold on. i got to record this. Yeah, for, yeah, for Congress, because I'm going to be ranking Begich and then Bai and then Palin. So I'm ranking the red and the yellow. But there, none of the blues are getting a vote for me. So that's okay at this point. It's a strategy. And like I said, Mike, you do whatever your little exactly. heart Exactly. But, but I, if you get the wrong person in there and you didn't think about this and you do, and you tell me that, I'm going to look at you and go, Mike, it's I'm your not fault. talking to you for like three weeks. It's I'm not f- even calling him. I'm not even calling <laughs> It is. I'm calling him for three weeks. I'm punishing you. Mike Shower. I'm full of Kathy Geisel. I'm punishing you for your speech, Mike. That's just a bunch of Burt Stedman right there. All right. Um, uh, Mike Shower is our guest, GOP Senator for Senate District E, candidate now for District O, which is the new district. Uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back uh, and we will uh, continue and have more discussions. We're going to talk about the potential for the upcoming uh, for the upcoming. Uh, legislative session which is it's in january but that's just not that far away i mean look at the snow on the ground in fairbanks in august i mean you know january is not that far away folks uh we're going to continue here in just a moment michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio what is that common sense regularly heard on american radio Mike Showers, our guest. Hey, I sent you the link in your email. So if you want to, if you want to join up on the video, I know he's just like, I don't like to do that. I'm just kidding. Uh, if you if you want to, it's it's in your email now. You can mess with it. If not, you're fine. It it doesn't matter to it me. It did just finally pop up. I think it got filtered or something. It wasn't coming in. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, he's, he's going to try and pull it up anyway, just because that's the new, it's the new hotness shower. That's what all the cool kids are doing now is they're doing the interwebs. So feel free and jump in the heavy sigh, <laughs> the heavy sigh of, oh, do I really want to do this? Yes. Yes. You really, really do. I mean, he does all these Facebook lives and stuff. I guess he's not looking at himself while he's doing the Facebook live. So it's all, no, I can't see myself, which makes it easy. It makes it definitely makes it easier. All right. Um, let me go into the, uh, some of the comments here in the chat room to see. Oh, wait, but it says right here, Mike says, Better lighting makes you look amazing. So you must have really good lighting. I have really good lighting. Look at this. This is color beautiful here. I mean, just <laughs> just paint me as the latest uh, fashion model for Abercrombie and Fitch. Um, all right. Uh, State Senator Mike Sha- Hey, Hey, look at that. It actually... Uh, it actually works. Uh, let me uh, let me bring all the let me bring all the stuff and things together things here. Together here. Oh, oh. Now we go. Now we go. I don't, I don't think, think I have amazing lighting, lighting this morning, morning but you, you do. do. Yeah, you don't have yeah, amazing. You don't light, have amazing light. But you're. Uh, but you're. Uh, let me. I got echo. Let me, I got echo. You, you want me to? Okay, I'll hang, hang up the phone. phone. Yeah, hang up the. Yeah, hang up the. Yes. Yes. Hang up the phone. There we go. Uh, uh, now we get you. So. Hello. There you go. There it is. Yeah. Now it's now it's working. Whoa. The dog decided to join. The yeah. Good morning, dog. Good morning. Um. Yeah. Dog. <laughs> dog. Hush. Uh. All right. 
people are like, I mean, some people have just got no sense of, what is this, a social hour? Yes, it's a social hour. We're hanging out. We're friends. We're talking. We're getting theft gut, you know. It's uh, it's it's what we do. So we're supposed to be serious. Yes, we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be. You're supposed to be statesmanlike, Mike. That's the thing. Just always frown. Senatorial. Hold on. Let me get my tie and I'll be senatorial. Senatorial. I'll exactly. I'll have a deep voice and tell you all the things that you don't want to hear in a way that makes you happy. I'm going to get you a T-shirt that has like the shirt and tie thing going on. So you hey, can you always can see it here. If you want yeah, to know. It'd be great. It would always be good. Um, all right. Um uh, wow, Michael, I'm surprised you're not going by baggage and then Palin. Um, Tawny says she's surprised I'm not voting for Chris by in the first round. Uh, I might, I, I haven't really decided. I know that those are the three that I'm going to be voting for. Uh, and Palin will definitely be in the third slot at that point and nothing for beyond three. That's just, that's how I'm voting. I'm trying to be strategic, trying to be strategic. Um, <laughs> Jonathan says his dog had to bark too, as soon as he heard your dog. So we just caused all the dogs in Alaska to bark, uh, hysterically, uh, on the thing. Good job. You got lots of power there. A uh, shower. Um, well, they're telling you how much they love the program. That was a bark. Like she's like, yeah, Michael, you rock. I that's like right. That. That's yeah. right. We get it done. Um, I'm just saying good morning. Senator shower says Tuckerman. Let's repeal rank choice voting next January. Uh, you know, well, let's just discuss that. I don't even think I said that last week. Maybe I did. No, I don't think he did. I have what I believe is going to be Senate Bill One to strip out ranked choice voting. As soon as they say pre-file is open, boom, done, already ready to go. Are already, Senate. already, you got it done. You got it done. You got it ready. Okay, good. Well, we're going to dive into that here, and uh, we will talk about that. Mike Showers, our guest, hold the line for a second, Mike. We're going to be right back to you. Uh, folks like, and share 70 people in the chat room, only 30, well, that's just on Facebook, uh, only 30 shares. So if you are liking and, uh, what you're hearing and, uh, or hating it either way, like, or, but share it. We also got another 20 people or so on, uh, YouTube. So we're almost to a hundred people today. It's uh, good to see you guys all out there. Thank you for coming in. Like and share on Facebook and uh, subscribe, ring the bell on YouTube and follow on Twitch and do all that stuff. Let's get to it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right, welcome back to the program. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking, yada, yada, yada. All right, um, continuing now, Mike Shower, who has now jumped on to the video broadcast as well. You can catch that on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch. Special thanks to the Common Sense Core members for uh, funding all the new software upgrades here to the program and allowing us to uh, bring on the happy, smiley face of uh, State Senator Mike Shower to the uh, to the broadcast. He joins us this morning. <laughs> We're going to get things going on. Uh, all right. Yeah, Mike. So, uh, hey, brother, um, uh, 
Let's talk a little bit about the upcoming uh, session. Um, and we were just chatting real quick during the break, and one of them was, uh, of course, this discussion of the rank confusion. Um, and you may have a solution for that coming up into uh, the first <clears throat> days of the session. Uh, let's uh, let's talk. Not maybe. I do. We already have the, the pre-file ready for Senate Bill 1, which is uh, – it's one or two, whichever one comes out, but it, it's the repeal of the ranked choice voting portion of that citizen's initiative. And I will be quite frank, Mike, based on what I'm hearing from people, I have yet to hear anybody that's not either a leftist liberal elite, um, you know, like the, the Scott Kendall's or Jason Grins out there or the, you know, group Alaskans for Confusing Elections, actually known as Alaskans for Better Elections. Um, that has supported this, likes it, says whatever. Everywhere I've been, and I mean everywhere, everybody's, what the heck is this thing? Why do we have this? Who voted for this thing? Why did they pass this? This is stupid. It's confusing. That's the comments I'm getting. 90% plus people do not like this. So I bet you when this is over and we have a 10, 12, 15% rejection rate on ballots and a whole bunch of people's ballots get tossed out and people ended up voting for who they didn't want to vote for and all kinds of silliness, I bet you, kind of like the repeal of SB 91, um, it's not going to be too hard to get that through the legislature is my guess. So I do have it ready to go. There was dark money, you know, provisions, and there are some other things that were not bad that we're not touching. We're simply going to strip out of that. And that's the way we wrote it, the ranked choice voting portion of that to go eject that thing, pull the handles and get it out of the airplane. Toss it out. Eject, eject, eject. Let's get it done. Um, yeah. It sounds uh, kind of exciting. Um, now, I, yeah, I, not really. I know people have done it. You don't want to really want to do that. That's not very fun. No, no, no. It's definitely not uh, not something to look forward to. Um, but let's talk uh, again about, uh, you know, I think what's on a lot of people's mind. And, of course, this is all. You know, this is all postulation. This is all theoretical. But, you know, as we come back into it, one of the big questions is going to be, what is the organization of the Senate going to look like? And what is Mike Schauer going to stand for uh, in the organization of the Senate? Obviously, um, binding caucus out the door for you. Uh, I know that's uh, I, I can say that without equivocation. Uh, but what is the I actually give you a yes or no answer. You will get no maybe from me. Yeah. You get a lot of maybes from many of the politicians. Like, well, you know, I'm going to have to depend on who's in charge. And, well, it might depend on this. And mm -hmm. it's possible for that. And, you know, you're going to get a lot of that. You still do. But and you're going to have people like, you know, the one of the guys running for the house down in the Eagle River telling people, we've got to have it. It's the only way it's going to work. I'm like, funny thing that um, it worked this last two years and we didn't have a binding caucus. So. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, that's one of them for sure. Um, and you should be, we go back to you, Mike, better be asking your candidates those hard questions. Don't let them spin their way out of the, whew, I'm going to give you an answer that it can be a yes or no for anything later on. Ask yes and no questions. Will you join by, well, no, no, I want a yes or no answer. Either you will, you want to want to know now before I give you my vote. Same thing about PFD, right? These are back to teaching people here to ask the right questions. Ask a question. You don't say, do you support the dividend? Because they're all going to go, yes, I support the dividend, right? Because I got somebody running with me that's kind of going, well, I support the dividend, but as long as government's fully funded. Or I support the reasonable and sustainable dividend. What do you mean by that, Pepe? You, Does Pepe yeah. mean what you think it means? Because right. for most legislators, when they say that, especially if you were perhaps a state person most of your life, what you're saying is you support the dividend as long as government's fully funded, which means you don't support the statutory dividend. You support the... 
the uh, you know Burstead Minatasha on him off five hundred or thousand dollar dividend. So my point of saying all that is learn to ask the right questions of these candidates because they will give you an answer if you give them an out. They will say something that they can say later. Well, that's not what I said. So that they will always have at a town hall or at a meeting or whatever a way to say, well, that's not what I said. That's incorrect. They're, they become experts at political answers. Right. You want, in most cases, a yes or no answer, and you have to ask the question or force it and get a yes or no answer. And I get it. Not every question can be yes or no. Some of them you have to say, well, what are you going to do about the budget? You're going to vote for it? Well, okay, that's you can't say yes or no because you don't know what it is. It might be a good budget. Right. This last year, what happened with all the money we had and the, the statutory dividend? That's different than most years. I voted no on most years, mostly because we weren't following the law on the dividend. We weren't doing the reverse sweep. We weren't doing all kinds of things, Mike. So anyways, yeah, that's a long answer to your very short question of how will the Senate look this year? Boy, that is the burning question. And I was talking to another legislator last night and that one was going, well, no, I'm pretty sure it's going to work. We'll make it work. I'm like, you know, well, Democrats come back with eight people. You got two people there in the, on the Republican side that have joined a muskrat caucus before. What's to say they won't do it again? So, you know, I guess we'll see. A lot of it will depend on how, who people elect. If there's only seven Democrats, um, I think there's a much, much more likely chance the Senate will stay in Republican control. We'll work it out. We'll have some kind of organization. If there's eight Democrats coming back, it's going to be interesting to watch how this plays out. Well, so, I, I think the most interesting part will be what do you have to give to get uh, what do you have to give to get? So if a couple of these members are like, well, I'll be part of your caucus, but I have to be the I have to be the Senate finance co-chair if I'm going to be, um, you know, uh, if the walrus speaks, then what do you what do you do? Then? I mean, I have no idea who we're speaking of. Um, but I mean, if that happens, uh, I mean, at some point that, you you know, the crew on the on the uh, uh, on the Senate side who are conservative have got to go. Um, no. No, no, just not no, just hell no. Uh, at that microphone? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, I'm well, just... I will tell you this, Mike, in that particular case, that one individual that everybody's talking about has been there for four years and we've had a mess of stuff in four years. And I don't believe that many Republicans, well, most Republicans are going to want that same team, that same person in charge of it. Four years is a very long time. And I will also tell you, I think there's a number of Democrats that don't want that either because how they were treated, the games that were played, the leverage and arm twisting that happened, money stripped out of districts, not fair in the treatment of people. Oh, come on. He was exercising the will. He was exercising the will of the caucus. I mean, that's what the president told well, me was that he was going to be. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, this is the office program. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Get those TPS reports tomorrow. Yeah, yeah that would be nice. Yeah. Um, so my point is, is that nobody does that forever. People get tired of somebody's way of doing business. And I think you're probably going to see a generic push to go, dude, not this time. You know, this time they want somebody else. They want a different team. We've had the same basic, really, actually we did, Mike. We had, in essence, the exact same team for four years. And that's because the current Senate president kind of let that happen and probably should have pushed a heck of a lot harder and promised us things that never happened. And then didn't wield the, the levers of power like he promised he would and let somebody run the table. And you had essentially, with the exception of changing out finance co-chairs, you had the exact same table. And we got the exact same answer. Surprise, surprise. Um, except when I kind of, <clears throat> with the help of a few other people, kind of ran the, 
ran the finance co-chairs <laughs> on the floor on the Senate debate where we uh, put in those amendments for the statutory PFD and some other stuff and just kind of working with other people. We just kind of ran it. But, you know, quite frankly, Mike, that's what happens. Right. When you have people that don't listen to you, don't listen to the majority will of the caucus, do whatever the heck they want. And a whole bunch of legislators get frustrated. What happened on the floor back in May? That's the result of that. Because when you have a, a finance co-chair that doesn't listen to what the majority wants, they get frustrated after a couple of years and go to heck with you. We're going to do it this way. Right. It's right. not that they like going around doing that on the floor. It's that you don't get a single thing done because they go, pound sand, I'm not doing that. Right. And so people go, oh, fine. Well, then my option is to do it on the floor. And quite frankly, Senate president told us that too in, in meetings when we were talking. He's like, well, just do it on the floor because it wasn't going to happen any other way. So you know what? We did. Right. How about uh, <clears throat> how about uh, Senate Finance Chair Shower? Well, I don't know, Newman. We'll just have to see. Hello, Jerry. Hello, Newman. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, because the, the thing you're going to have, Mike, is that obviously I have a record um, and people know that I'm going to be very conservative on this, but I'm also that balance of still pro PFD. So that's back to that fiscal plan. I can promise you that this is that I if somehow through all of the machinations of uh, organizing. I end up as a finance coach here. One of the goals is going to be a balanced plan, right? I mean, we've right. got to do something on this fiscal right. policy. It's going to be pushing and making sure this time we get through at least to the floor for the vote and put people on record, some kind of um, constitutional amendment for the spending cap. So we change that and, enshrining the constitution and the PFD, even if it's the simple version of it, like we had from the fiscal policy working group, we have to do something. And that's going to depend on what happens with the CONCON, right? Right. right. Constitution well, convention, that's a whole different ballgame because now that becomes the focus and it may be irrelevant what we do in the legislature. Well, I, and no I mentioned we're going to have to push those hard. I want to talk about that because convention, yes, just formed, and we're going to talk about that here in the next segment. But before we go here, I mean, I'll remind people that uh, Mike Shower is the one that, uh, uh, you know, helped push forward this this bill for a full PFD, and it's how we got more PFD that we ended up with in the long run. Um, and you've been pushing on this for a while. You just mentioned the Fiscal Policy Working Group. Um, if you end up in the leadership in some way, mm -hmm. shape, or form, is this something that you're going to be pushing forward? I mean, Rob Myers uh, uh, said in his interview with the uh, in his questionnaire that he supported it. Jesse Keel on the other side of the spectrum said he supported it. I mean, it's a policy that I think we have – it has languished in the uh, legislature. If you were a member of the uh, Senate leadership, would this be something that you would be pushing hard to bring to the floor and talk about in uh, in detail? Well, why wouldn't I? I mean, I, I know that's a rhetorical question on your part, but of course, I mean, that's the whole point of having the fiscal policy working group was to take those policy recommendations and look at enacting them. The current group of leadership in both bodies just just completely ignored it, primarily probably because they didn't like it. Right. So I tell you about the Constitutional Convention, Mike, the reason the people are saying no that oppose it is because it's going to limit their power. They're afraid of power being taken out of their hands and being able to leverage the money into the different groups and the power that gives them. They don't want a constitutional convention because they're afraid you're going to take their power away. If we enshrine the PFD in the constitution and enact a relevant constitutional spending cap, all of a sudden they have lost a tremendous amount of power that flows through their fingertips by being able to dole out the government money to big unions, special interests, lobbyists, you name it. They get a lot of power right now. Billions of dollars flows through their hands. 
but you take that away from them, uh-oh, now what leverage do they have? And no binding yeah. caucus? You just neutered them. Yeah. They hate what direction this is going. That's why this is a problem for them. Mike Showers, our guest. We're going to continue with him in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. Your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show slash live. Back with more right after this. It's the Michael Dukes Show. Why not take a quick break? Be right back. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, in the break, State Senator Mike Shower joins us here. He's out there doing the funky chicken with that thing. Stuff you never saw before. I know. I know. You never knew it before, but he was always in there dancing whenever we hit the bumper music uh, on the way out. It was just uh, how how it is. Um, It, uh, you know, sometimes the moves, sometimes the music just moves you. That's what it's all about. Um, Yeah. Uh, let me see. I saw a question here that you, I'm sure you can answer pretty quickly. Uh, Robert says, is our full Second Amendment safe in Alaska, Mike? Uh, under your guise and under your leadership, what say you, Mike? Uh, I mean, I think well, uh, we've done pretty good, but what what do you say? Uh, you know, this is, you, you remember the original Red Dawn movie back in the 80s? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the guy had the uh, bumper sticker in his car. You see a guy's dead and they pan out to it. And it's a Russian soldier taking the gun out of his hands. There's blood on the ground. Yes. Says, you can take my gun, you know, from, out of my cold dead, from my gold dead fingers or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of, kind of over my dead body. Are you going to mess with the second amendment in this state? Yeah. And frankly, Mike, that's kind of the point of it is to make sure that, you know, there, it wasn't about hunting and, you know, even self-defense really per se, it was about, you know, the, Ability to have a militia against a tyrannical government. That was the point because they just fought a tyrannical government. So right. that really is the historical context of it. And even as I've said this before, I know many times in the program, folks, that you have Democrats. I mean, there are a few that are in very liberal district, districts that kind of mess with it. But, you know, I mean, for example, we're talking about Jesse Keel. He hunts. Him and I talk. He's got a nice gun collection. He's pro-Second Amendment. Most Democrats, even Alaska, are still pro-Second Amendment. Rather... They do it because they actually do believe in it and they like owning guns or they believe in self-defense or hunting or whatever. And there's others that do it. They just like, oh, I'm not touching that, you know, because they know it's a death knell. That's state. like the third you know, rail. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's about as bad as the, you know, that's probably worse than the PFD. You touch my guns. Oh, yeah. you know, so yeah, they're not doing it. Well, I know no. Garen Tarr's got the red flag and some other things and they've chipped nope. away. They chipped away a little bit of some of that stuff. But uh, yeah, no, it, nope, nope. it didn't not go happening. anywhere. Didn't go anywhere. Nope. So not in this state. And if they do something stupid like they're trying to pass in the, in the at the federal level, then we'll have to enact some kind of, you know, we're not going to enforce anything here. We're not going to use state resources. Same thing I told you about the election. Remember those folks from the, the I think it was the Pacific or Public Interest Legal Foundation, Heritage Foundation briefed us. And they were talking about one of the options you have if the federal government tries to do something stupid like they did with that election bill. Right. A couple of years ago. Was you bifurcate your elections, go fine. You're going to do something stupid. We can't stop you from doing that from federal elections, but we're not going to help you. You're not going to use our voting machines. You're not going to use our people. Nothing of good luck during right. election in right. the state. A whole bunch of states did that. We'll shut them down. 
right? Because they go and then they can't afford, nor do they have the resources to run a federal election. So that's how you arm twist right back. Right, the federal government arm twist us because usually they arm twist us with money. Well, it's we a, go, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a tenth amendment. It's a tenth amendment nullification at that point. Basically, oh, said you know yeah, that's absolutely. They, they talked about it over the jab. I was talking to the the tag for the state, the National Guard commander, and he's like. And I asked him, you know, I don't, you know, there's a lot of people that don't want to get the jab. They shouldn't have to. He's like, yeah, I know. We've talked about it. But they said if we don't enforce the policy, then they were just going to cut off our funding. Well, Alaska would start have to buy Blackhawk helicopters and Hummers and Strikers, and, and it's, it's, it's very expensive, and we don't have the, the money for that. So right. what does the federal government do? Oh, you're not going to do that? Well, then we're not going to pay for your roads. So we yeah. get like $8 for every dollar we spend. So that's how they play the game. But guess what? Two can tango, brother. Yeah. And there are options to shut that stuff down when they start being stupid because there's things we can do as a state, um, you know, that would fight back to that. So, yeah, Second Amendment. Yeah. Good break. Not in this state. Uh, here's the comment of the week right here. I thought I'd just throw that out there for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Only if she's going to come back and be my staffer. Yeah. She'll come back and work for me. We'll have that conversation. Yeah. We'll see if we can get, uh, we'll see if we can get, uh, uh, Donna to come back to the state. She has been, uh, she's been so loyal to the state even after the way she was, uh, even after the way she was treated. It's, uh, it, oh, here's a second one from her today. She's, <laughs> she's chatty today. Just say <laughs> no to federal dough. I like that. We should make that a t shirt. Um, in fact, uh, thank you, Donna. You've just given me a new T-shirt idea for the Michael Duke show. Just say no to federal yeah. to federal dough. Um, I'm actually going to get a T-shirt made up with a caricature of one of your favorite senators and a big cloud above her bubble that says, The Greed! And uh, we're going to do those as T-shirts just because it's uh, it's ironic. Um, all right. Um <laughs> Like you like that? You you get a T-shirt that says "The Greed" on it. That would be uh, that, or one with a walrus that says "That's just BS." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need some. We need some Roger Holland quotes. Yeah, it's dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire. I know. I love it. I love it. Uh, there's a reason why I pulled all those quotes out for the theme of the show because dang, you need one with a turtle that you know for the pace of it, like the turtle, you know, and the rabbit and the yeah. hare. Is the one that says. I am amazed at the slow pace at which we accomplish absolutely nothing. Yeah, one of Roger's other favorite quotes of mine. I love that. I love that. Well, I'm, I'm making. We're going to make some new T-shirts up with some of that stuff. The walrus and the whole thing. It'll be. It'll be uh -oh. fun. Ding. Hey, you heard it. See, I like that. You can hear the ding when you're on the video. All right, let's get back to it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> So we just came up with a whole bunch of new T-shirt slogans we're pretty excited about here. I think the chat room's excited about it, um, and uh, I think we're going to be making some more T-shirts. This is going to be fun. i gotta got a heavy week ahead of me. We'll see if we can make some of these and get them done. Uh, Mike Schauer is our guest, uh, uh, GOP State Senator for District E, the current district, and candidate for District O, the future district. We're looking into the future. Um, speaking of future, the CONCON. Uh, you've been talking about it. You've been pushing it. You convinced me that it was the 
only way to really get something done in the legislature in the long run. I was very leery at the beginning, but uh, you've convinced me. It didn't take too much. You twisted my arm a little bit here, but I, I think you made some valid arguments. Uh, the problem is, of course, is that the anti-ConCon people, the defend the Constitution uh, a crowd, which is made up of John Coghill and Kathy Giesel and Scott I mean, just all the all the players, all the normal business as usual, all the normal crowd you would expect. Yeah, exactly. Something that would give power to the people. Yeah, exactly. So they raised already three hundred twenty thousand bucks. But finally, somebody got organized here and we've got a new group coming out convention. Yes, uh, John. uh, 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 Petty John and, uh, let's see, Fitz Petty John and a bunch of other Craig folks. Campbell, yep. Uh, Craig Campbell. Yep. Craig Campbell. Yep. And Mentory. So I think, uh, Lehman might be, you know, jumping this at some point. I have been in that. I'm actually in that group, just not named right now. Yeah. Cause I've been talking to all these different individuals for some time, trying to pull the strings to get this together. So might have my fingerprints in there somewhere quietly on yeah. the backside. Well, good, good. Um, so let's talk a little. Let's talk it. a little bit about it because again, it was already an uphill battle to try and get a concon pass. I mean, we've had the, the vote every ten years, and it, nothing has really ever happened. Uh, there's a lot of fear out there. I mean, I had fear about the potential for what could be changed in there, and I mean, I finally come to the conclusion that it's got some measures and some stop gaps in it that would prevent things that we really don't want. But at the same time. Now it's an uphill battle. I mean, we're going to be outgunned. We're going to be outmoneyed. Uh, not that that's made a huge difference all the time in Alaska. I always go back to that 99 vote on the permanent fund where they were outspent 10 to 1, and it was an 83% of the people said, hell no. Uh, but uh, what, what, what's, your, what's your, your latest on the con-con and where we're going from here? Well, this group launch is something I've been talking to these individuals, a lot of them, for quite some time. Not because these most of them had to be convinced, just trying to get a structure together of a team of respected gentlemen and ladies, because there's a few ladies on it too, that believed in it and said, this is the best answer. And, you know, like I've said, Mike, try to be clear, people, they think I'm like jumping up and down. I'm not. I, I say I reached the yes conclusion reluctantly because at this point we realize the legislature is never going to solve our problems. We're incapable of doing it. We're just not ever going to get there because a certain amount of the solution has to have some constitutional amendments to make it lasting for it to work. And we're simply never going to get the numbers to get there. Too many people are not going to do that because of the power base and not having control of the money, what we said a few minutes ago. So I'm a reluctant yes, but now that I'm a yes, okay, how do we get there? The latest polling data was given by somebody a couple of days ago shows we're well within striking distance. I think we're down about six points in polling data. Kawasaki ran one last summer, and when you start adding things like the PFD to it, it jumped up to where a majority of people voted for it. That's part of the message trying to tell people. So, look, you want to save your PFD in this one? This isn't Obamacare. Like, if you lock, like your doctor, you can keep your doctor, which was turned out to be a flat-out lie. We all knew it. This is the real deal here. If you want to save the PFD, you better vote yes for a constitutional convention and get, to, get us there so the people will vote for that because you have a lower threshold. That's the difference. One of the differences, right? In the legislative session, you got to have a two-thirds vote. That's 14 and 27. That's a lot of people to agree to take power out of their hands and give it back to the people on something like the PFD. But at the Constitutional Convention, it's only a 50% threshold. 50% of the, of the delegates plus one vote for that constitutional amendment to protect the PFD moving forward, then it passes. And I guarantee you, if we get that then in front of the people after the convention, that will pass. I think, as I've said, the other thing that is a is probably will gain legs and has traction would be which most most people also poll very strongly. They believe in a in a spending cap, and the the strongest we're going to have is going to be one that's in the Constitution, 
That's a high bar. And I know there's some people in here who say, we don't follow the current constitution. Well, on a few things, I know. But that's been very wrapped up in obfuscating language about, well, the sweep, the reverse sweep. We've been doing it for decades that way. I get that. But by and large, when things have come up on the constitutional side, the courts have been pretty reticent to touch that. It's the highest bar we have, so at least we should try and do that and see what happens. But remember the key tenets here, Michael. You guys control the process. You control, number one, whether we have it, because you're going to vote for it or not. You control the delegates, number two. You vote for who those are. And number three, anything that does come out of the convention, you vote up or down. If you don't like what it is, we'll simply reject it. And this other thing about dark money is going to come in and sway it one way or the other. I'm not buying it. And the reason is we're going to elect delegates across the state just like we elect legislators. You're going to get people from the Matsu and Anchorage, and you're going to get them from East Fairbanks and West Fairbanks, Juno. You think the Matsu is going to take, you know, send like nine, you know, far left, you know, liberals? No, they're not. Juno's going to send liberals to it, but the Matsu's not. Kenai's not. East Fairbanks isn't. Half of Anchorage is. So it's going to be somewhat balanced. And this is the funny part. People go, oh, well, then it's going to be dysfunctional like current legislature. That's why I started off with it's a two-thirds vote required, right, at the legislative session, but it's only a 50% requirement. So while we will be much more balanced, so you're not going to see this far left or far right swing, you don't need that same threshold to get there, right? So you're going to see a balance out of this. I don't care what people say. They can spend all the money, like you said, that they want, Mike. They're not going to convince people from the Matsu to send some wacky person because that's not how the Matsu is. Just like they're not going to, you're probably not going to convince anybody in Juneau to send a, a conservative. They're going to vote people in moderate or liberals. Those, these are some of your cross checks throughout this, but this organization has spun up and I can see you wanting to say something there. This, you know, that's the difference in video. Now I can see you. Um, <laughs> you're, like, oh, you're like, oh, he wants to say something. Talk, quick, talk faster. Yeah. Don't let him talk. Um, but you have a good organization of a lot of former legislators and lieutenant governors and others that um, understand that this is important. And now we're working on the funding portion of this and getting the message out that people see this, your program and others, people spreading it is important. So they understand this is your shot. And this is this may be your only shot to do this. And there are lots of checks and balances. And I think we're going to solve these things. And these other niche issues I talked about, Mike, I just don't see them happening. I don't think you're going to get the support for that. I just don't. Right. Well, and there's a real opportunity here, especially with the uh, with the plan for the fiscal policy working group. Some of those things can get implemented in the concon and make that an easier transition as we go into the next uh, you know, this next session and the following session. Because this is, the concon is going to take a couple of years, but if it looks like that we're going to put a framework in for the fiscal policy working group plan, it definitely smooths the passage of that once it goes through the legislature, right? Oh, for sure. And let's talk a, a little bit of history here for a moment because I've Three been minutes. in discussion. Uh, okay, got it. Ding me when you tell me to stop or do, do this or something. Wave, say peace. You know, I get it. Uh, that's what you say at the Air Force Academy when you were walking as a senior or you were the upperclassman. The freshmen have to walk on the sides and say, you know, mighty 90, sir, or whatever your little saying was. And if you didn't want to hear from you just put your fingers up like that. It was like meant post. It's like, shut up. Don't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> of course, if you're a freshman. You're like, oh, thank God. I don't have to yell. Right. So it was actually pretty cool. So if you don't like it, if we don't like each other, talk to something, we're just going to go post, done, no more talking. So um, there's a guy that's been uh, from the Constitutional Clearinghouse. I've been talking to him quite a bit, and he wanted me to start highlighting some stuff because people said, this is dangerous. Kathy Giesel in her, in her newsletter is telling people, we're going to they're going to rewrite the Constitution. No, they're not, Kathy. Would you stop with the lies? Quit with the fear mongering. You're not going to rewrite the Constitution. At best, you might pass an amendment or two. At best. And oh, by the way, when people say, we protect the Constitution, nothing good. 
we've already amended the constitution folks if it's so great and it's such a dangerous process then we must have really screwed up all those times we've already amended our constitution in the state of alaska i believe it is maine or vermont i got to go back and read and get the right state second oldest constitution on the planet and they've had over 200 constitutional conventions strange thing that the state's still functioning hmm interesting most states might have done constitutional conventions this is not abnormal it is not dangerous it has happened hundreds and hundreds of times we have amended our own constitution this is garbage when i tell you that folks you need to know got it less than one minute this is my final part of it when you hear them say this is dangerous there is only one group folks that the constitutional convention is dangerous too and that are the people that are for big government government control legislators controlling the process special interests got their paws in your government not representing you but representing them this constitutional convention is dangerous folks it's dangerous to the people that are big government people it is not dangerous to the people that's why they're scared to death of it yeah and it is not normal and it's happened many times all over the country so don't buy the lies don't buy the lies they're gonna have a lot of money to tell you all the lies you just gotta not buy into them truth is dangerous to those people who want to keep power uh keep in power and that's the bottom line mike shower thank you my friend it's good to talk with you appreciate you coming on board as always it's good to good to see you all right folks tomorrow's another day we're gonna line some guests up on friday i think we're gonna have dr john lott willie waffle and chris chang uh that's it the michael duke show common sense liberty based free thinking radio be well live kind do all that be well be kind be loved i don't know whatever whatever it was it was all over when the germans bombed pearl harbor yeah whatever it is it it uh, i'm sure i've got it wrong uh mike shower final thoughts here i'll leave you uh, i'll leave you to uh, to rant for a minute here go ahead no no it's good mike i think i've ranted that's the that's the key i just i really want people to understand don't be afraid of this they're going to try to scare you to death and tell you and, and they're going to sell like kathy geisel the lie it's all dangerous and it's all going to fall apart and cats and dogs will be living together you know and, and whatever no it's not true not don't buy it the, the votes don't happen that way the structure doesn't happen that way um, it's been done all over the country many times including we've amended our own don't listen to the hype they are just scared to death that we are going to take away their power and folks that's what it's supposed to be just like the second amendment is there to prevent the government from taking things away from you the constitutional convention question was put by the wise creators of that constitution to make sure that you could take power back if you ever thought you needed to if your government ever stopped listening to you and guess or listening to you and guess what that's where we are yeah. your government's not listening to you folks you've you've cried out about the pfd you know at a four to one margin for for six seven years running and they're like yeah so what i don't care so you know you've you've told us to spend to cap our spending and not spend more than we make so yeah so what whatever we're not going to do it right screw you so you know what maybe it's time for you to vote yes on that constitutional convention take that power back and do it yourselves yeah because the the special interests run that place we saw what happened the end of may they they, they flooded that place and changed the votes on the statutory pfd that the amendment that i put in that passed that they they flooded i mean special interests and unions and all that mike they flooded you know for four and a half days yeah and once they twisted enough arms they got their no votes since Louis Stutes called for the vote and killed it. That's the raw power of the people that really control your government. So folks, take it back. Don't be afraid of it. Yeah. And if we do, if it does go and it does, something comes out of it you don't like, vote it down. So there you go. That's all you can do. <clears throat> you got to have that power. You got to take the power back. That's where we got to do it. State Senator Mike Shower. 
Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you being part of it today. We look forward to seeing you next week. We shall do so. Next week, question mark. We're all good. All right. Uh, as far as I know, as long as you don't forgive me and put somebody else on. Oh, that was only that was only one time. That was only one time. Oh, I bet it was at least two or three yeah, times. It maybe. Yeah, one time. Maybe. <laughs> it's only because you forget about me, so I forget about you. All right. Uh, <laughs> Mike Shower. Thank you, my friend. Good to see you. We will see you again next week then. Hi, brother. See you. All right, folks. Uh, we got uh, we got more coming up tomorrow. The Michael Duke Show will continue then. Thank you for being part of it. Uh, make sure that you uh, like and share, like and follow, hit subscribe, ring the bell. We'll continue on the other side. Twenty four hours from now, twenty two hours from now, we'll be back. Be kind, love one another, and live well. We'll see you tomorrow. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show